0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you're a 415er, 415er, 415. er 415 415 you are all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, and, and more and more. Welcome. To the 415 hosted by Evan Giddings and Mark Grandy. It is the 415ers podcast back again Monday morning after a bye week for the 49ers. We appreciate you tuning in as always. Download, rate, and subscribe to the podcast. Five stars are appreciated on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. My name is Evan Giddings and Mark Grandy. How are you doing, sir, after a stress-free football weekend?
1: Well, stress-free from a 49ers perspective, but there was still a lot of weird football going on that had implications for the 49ers. You saw a lot of really good teams lose across the league this week. The Niners, one of six teams on bye. That makes your fantasy football weeks stress-inducing because you have to fill so many open holes on your roster, on your lineup. But yes, no Niner football means it was uh, relatively stress-free, but uh, we'll get right back onto that uh uh, the stress bandwagon next week and when the Niners take on the Chargers. But yes, a good weekend, just uh, relaxing at home, watching some football.
0: Yeah, so I, I guess we can we can start. I, I figured just that with the 10 a.m. games, there were some games that had implications for the, the 49ers. To me, it had to do with the game we talked about at the end of our last episode, which was the Chargers and the Falcons. I was, as a you know, 49ers supporter, rooting for uh, the Chargers, which... Somehow, some way, they pulled out a victory, <laughs> twenty to seventeen. Uh, it was a classic case of which team wants at least uh, the Chargers and the Falcons. Over the course of the last three years, Mark have been involved in the second and third most one score games, and both of them mm-hmm. were five hundred. So it felt like coming in. You know, one was going to have to give, and uh, I think the Niners may have also gotten a glimpse as to what could be coming this weekend, which is a team in the Chargers that has a very high ceiling, but is right now really, really banged up, missing a lot of starters on both sides of the football. But they just kind of find a way to hang around until they can grab a lead and maybe grab a win. Uh, so they 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 are five and three team, and that's who is that's who the 49ers are going to be facing this weekend.
1: Yeah, that was a, a an extremely extremely wild game. Um, we we were talking about it a little bit before we before we started recording here. They've what the Chargers have fallen behind by ten points or more at the end of the first quarter in four straight games. Yet they found a way to win three of those four. We've talked a lot about, you know, the 49ers, how Kyle Shanahan is good early. The Niners play well early. They oftentimes have a lead in the first quarter, and then things kind of maybe fall apart after that. It's kind of the opposite for the Chargers right now. They get off to really slow starts. Their offense can't do anything. Uh, You know, if if it's a three and out for the first possession for the Chargers, no one is all too surprised because that's just the way it works. They fall behind, but then behind Justin Herbert and, and Austin Eckler, Khalil Mack on the defensive side, they they, they scrap back, they get back, and, and they win on a last second field goal. Uh by what Cameron Dicker? Dicker the Dicker kicker. Dicker the kicker. Yeah. Uh, he he wins it for the Chargers 20 to 17. So the Falcons now four and five. Uh I know we'll talk about that Rams Buccaneers game coming up, but the Buccaneers, because they won, they're four and five. So there's a tie now atop that division in the NFC. Uh, interesting, interesting matchup there down in Atlanta, considering that the Niners, of course, have those Chargers coming up next.
0: Yeah, the Chargers get that big dicker energy, so you never know <laughs> what's going to be happening. Um, looking around the rest of the league, to I, I do want to get to that, that Bucs-Rams game, but it feels like we might uh, need to spend a few minutes on that. We're yeah. also going to have our midseason awards coming up for the 49ers, as essentially we are to the midway point in the season. The NFL has... Uh, stripped us of the ability to officially mark a halfway point in the year. So we're going to take this week as that opportunity coming out of the bye. Uh, we're also going to get into sort of a, a league-wide comparison for the 49ers, Mark. But uh, to me, the the Seattle Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals was the other big game that we are keeping an eye on. And although it was you know, maybe um, a little bit closer down the stretch than it, than it probably was throughout the game, the Seahawks, I thought relatively handled Arizona uh, on the road, by the way, where Arizona right now is one and four at home. Nice. Um, but Seattle advances to six and three. They remain in top of the NFC West. They are a game and a half up on uh, the 49ers right now, stand at four and four. But another 30-point 30 po- 30 performance for a Seahawks team whose offense is right now uh, pretty much led by the, the dual threat of Geno Smith and Kenneth Walker III. Who knew? Uh, that the Seahawks team would have such a a commanding ground game as well as quietly a pretty good defense.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I I was going to mention their defense. It's really turned around of late. They gave up uh, 16 points in that season opening win against the Broncos, then 27 against the 49ers, 27 against the Falcons, 45 against the Lions, 39 against the Saints. First five weeks, defense one of the worst in the league. Since then, though, they've been really good. Nine points in a win against the Cardinals, 23 in a win against the Chargers, 13 in a win against the Giants, and now 21 in a win against the Cardinals. They've won four in a row. They've won five of six. Their defense has turned it around. You mentioned Kenneth Walker, rookie running back from Michigan State. He's been phenomenal, but their their rookie draft class, Evan, has been incredible. I mean, their two cornerbacks, Kobe Bryant, not that Kobe, spelled C-O-B-Y, a corner from Cincinnati, their fourth-round pick. He's been really good. The fifth-round pick, Tariq Woolen, corner from uh, University of Texas, San Antonio. He's been really good as well. You can make a case that they have four uh, potential players that could win Rookie of the Year awards in the NFL, offensive or defensive. They, they've they had a fantastic draft. Maybe things will change as as it goes forward, but it looks like they've had the best draft maybe of anyone in the league so far this year and that's a big reason why they're having this success. So, I mean, I know I've said it on the podcast before, not a believer in the Seattle Seahawks, but you don't take into account what those fourth and fifth round picks could be and if you hit on them, it can really turn around um how how the team looks and that's certainly the case for Seattle. So, I have been impressed with them. I think it also goes to show uh there's just a mess down in in Phoenix right now. The Cardinals are struggling i mean they scored 21 points uh seven of them coming off of a pick six of geno smith their defense has scored i think four defensive touchdowns this year and yet they're still three and six um the cardinals uh they're bad i know that they've had success against the 49ers in the past you know uh kyler murray tends to make it difficult but three and six i have absolutely zero belief in the arizona cardinals and you mentioned uh, it was a 10-point game. The Cardinals did have a lead in the second half, but it never really felt like Seattle was in too much danger of losing that one.
0: Yeah, and and Seattle was is a team that look, we were all completely wrong about. And I do think they have this sort of energy of all right, everyone wrote us off. Like still to this to this day, I believe the moment of the season <laughs> came on Monday Night Football and Geno Smith spoken to the microphone and said, they wrote me off and I didn't write back. That has become the modest operandi for the entire Seahawks season. It's a
1: great line.
0: I I don't know where he came up with it, uh, but if he wrote that himself, he needs to start putting together pages upon pages of quotes of inspiration because that man has a future uh, in public speaking. Nonetheless, Seattle's a team I, I, I can't write off anymore. Whether or not I like on paper how they look, they play more together than, I mean, maybe just about any team outside of Philadelphia. Um, I mean, they, they just right now, they have a swagger that is pretty contagious. And I, I, I will be interested as we move into the second half of the year, whether the fact that I'm sure teams coming into games did not expect much from Seattle and their opponents, not to say that anyone overlooks teams in the NFL, but if you're, if you see Seattle on your schedule beginning of the year, based on what happened this offseason, they trade away their franchise quarterback. It looks like they're undergoing another rebuild. They bring in two kind of mid tier throughout their career quarterbacks to fight it out. And Geno Smith edges out drew lock. And then it of course turns into the quarterback he's been thus far, but, you know that you're, you're looking at them at the beginning of the year and you're just saying man that that's that's an easy w. I know a lot of 49ers fans were doing that in the second week of the season and it turned out to be that way but they ha- they look like a completely different group than the one that came to Levi's Stadium in week 2. Um so to me I, I cannot write them off in any matchup and that Thursday night football game against the Niners later on this season is yeah. going to be very interesting and potentially uh indicative of what is going to happen as far as the NFC West. And the winner of that division, because right now, I mean, I know the 49ers are in a good spot to to challenge for the division, um, but it is no longer a cakewalk, even though the L.A. Rams have basically floundered.
1: Yeah. December 15th, Niners uh, up in Seattle on Thursday night football. That's week 15. So you have three games after that one. uh, But that's certainly a big one for both the 49ers and the Seahawks. Seattle at six and three Niners at four and four. Uh, the Seahawks haven't yet had their bye. They play the Buccaneers this coming week, actually in Europe, I believe in, in what? Munich? Um, they they play out there in Europe and then they have a bye after that, after the long travel out to Europe. Um, and then they play the Rams, the Panthers, 49ers, and you get towards the end of the season as well. So uh, certainly going to be a, a big matchup there. I agree with you. Um, the Niners still have it. In front of them, they are a game and a half back, only one in the loss column. That's the important column for the 49ers, but there's still so much season. You have a game against them, and you have a relatively favorable schedule coming up. Meanwhile, the Seahawks still have to take on the Rams twice. I know the Rams aren't nearly as good as we thought, but it's not like those are cakewalk games. You travel to the Chiefs. You have the Buccaneers, as we mentioned, technically a home game, but you're playing in Europe. You also have the Jets. Who are maybe the surprise of the league, along with the Seahawks, right now. So not an easy schedule to close the season for the Seahawks. And they do have that cushion right now atop the division, but I, I'm still relatively confident that the Niners have uh, it all within their own power to go out and, and win this uh, win this division with a, with a few more wins down the stretch. So we'll see. Should be a fun battle, but that one was interesting. The other game I wanted to point out, uh, we talked about it a little bit last week. I know we'll get to Rams, Buccaneers in a second, but Vikings, Commanders, I know Niner fans hoping, you know, not only can you win your division, uh, which it seemed like if you do, you'd be the three seed, holding out hope maybe you could get the two seed. The Commanders had a chance to knock off the Vikings and give them their second loss of the season, but the Vikings come through in the end. They score 13 points in the fourth quarter, and they win 20-17 to over the Commanders. I will say I'm not sure the Vikings are the best one-loss team ever, um, they've won some close games. They've been good. They have a, a much improved defense. Kirk Cousins is is playing efficient football. Justin Jefferson's great. Dalvin Cook is really good. I'm not sure they're quite as good as their 7-1 and one record suggests, but it might get to a point relatively soon where it's just too much ground to make up. So continue keeping an eye on the Vikings. If they drop some games here, which they do have a tougher schedule coming up, that could be something to, to keep an eye on moving forward. Uh, but unfortunately for the 49ers the commanders could not quite pull it off.
0: No, and that that was a good game. I think that Washington is a team that gets a little bit overlooked just because of their slow start, but Uh, Taylor Heineke is, is a decent quarterback to me. It's more about their defense and they got chase young back this week. They already had one of the best defensive lines in football led by Jonathan sweat. So that was not an easy task. And I mean, you just look at Dalvin cook and his rushing numbers. They were pretty minuscule against that front. So for Minnesota to go on the road, which is never easy, uh, to walk away with a win that also means a little more to Kirk cousins, I'm sure than other people having played there at first. You Um, like that. You like that and then he had another (laughs) viral moment after the game on the plane and i i i am not really sure where kirk cousins is as an individual but he seems to be just wildly all over the spectrum uh for those who didn't see it he was on the team plane i can only assume after the game he had his shirt off he had chains on that his teammates had bestowed upon him and he was uh, he was dancing to some music. He was enjoying the wind, Mark. He was enjoying not, not the... just
1: not just uh, any old chains. I mean, he was iced out. I mean, I, that must have been like 20 pounds of stuff hanging around his neck.
0: Yeah, Debo Samuel better have a, a pretty <laughs> damn good looking chain this week. And if the 49ers win, because Kirk Cousins has set the bar very high for postseason victory chains. Yes, um, yes. I, I think, and and then you mentioned something that is interesting to me about the Vikings. It, it comes down to their schedule. So to this point, they have played the 26th easiest schedule yeah. in the league. Uh, it doesn't get a ton tougher. I think they'll be about middle of the pack the rest of the way through. But there will be some tests coming up on their schedule. Uh, unfortunately, one of the big ones that everyone looks at in the NFC North is always the Packers. But boy, uh, it looks like Aaron Rodgers and whatever drugs he did in this offseason have had a reverse effect of what he was hoping. And I saw you put out a tweet, Mark, this weekend. Do the do the Packers do you think about benching Aaron Rodgers?
1: I mean, did you watch his three end zone interceptions this week against the worst defense in the league and you score nine points? My, yeah, the 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 goodness. second
0: one to me was the worst. That was the fourth down at the goal line where he had he had his guy wide open and he threw Aaron it Rodgers off the helmet misses. of the
1: defensive lineman.
0: Uh oh, I th- I wasn't even talking about that one. I was talking the one he just threw straight up to to Hutchinson. Oh he no, just, I, just,
1: I I think that was that one where he he had his man in the end zone and he just totally undershot it, hit off the the helmet of a defensive lineman. Maybe I'm thinking of the other one. It wasn't like a a tip there's throw. too many to count it wasn't like a tip throw or it wasn't a leaping defender who got his hands up and knocked it away. The lineman planted on the ground Rogers, just a bullseye right off his helmet pops up into the air and then it's picked off in the end zone by the lions. I mean, just ridiculous.
0: Yeah. I know in the post game, he did a pretty good job of faking the whole, well, you know, we've been in these situations before, Uh, not since 2008. He has not in which they have lost five games in a row. The Packers Um, also that that is just, right now a locker room uh devoid of catching talent and devoid of apparently leadership because Aaron Rodgers is uh (laughs) I I I do not know where that team is at at also I
1: I think I saw that uh the reports or the MRI or whatever on on Aaron Jones came back negative so that's good news but they also suffered a ton of injuries in that game I mean I have Adam Schefter tweet notifications turned on. I felt like I was getting a notification from him every five minutes about another Packers player that was getting carted off the field. I mean, Romeo Dobbs was. Alan Lazard was banged up at one point. I believe they had a couple offensive linemen. John Runyon, I think, got hurt at one point. Aaron Jones. Uh, Keep an eye out for those injuries as well. But it's certainly not going to get easier if, if any of those guys miss time.
0: Yeah, no doubt.